you hear? <laughs> I can hear a little bit. <laughs> hey, you guys, and welcome to the 40th episode of the Insiders on Real Estate and Marketing. I am your host, Sandy Hibbard, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Mr. Mark Miller. Howdy, hi. Hey, hey. How you doing? And we have our very special guest joining us today, Miss Ayla Reed, and she is a equestrian out in Aubrey and farm and ranch specialist. So we're going to be hearing more from Ayla here in just a few minutes. We're going to dig in and pick her brain and get all kinds of information and talk a lot about some marketing stuff too that's going to be really good. So I hope everybody's having a wonderful sprummer. <laughs> we're trying to figure out a new word for spring because here in Texas, spring feels like summer. I mean, today it's hot and humid and we've had the rains and it's crazy, but I'm still enjoying it. It's better than the alternative being cold and nasty. So I hope everybody's having a great spring. Uh, Mark, how is the market looking? Speaking of spring, great springs. Are we having a great spring? Uh, we're having a better spring. Yeah, yeah. I'll call it that. We... Uh, Actually, our order counts were up pretty substantially last month. Our revenue was up. Mm -hmm. So those were good signs. I got a little nervous when they started trying to put this credit equation into place, uh, which would have penalized good credit, benefited bad credit. So I the good credit would get charged, that. and then we would, our subsidy of our charge would go to help the bad credit into a home, which was nothing more than scratch and dent. Yeah. And here we go back to, you know, uh, so did that subprime. Not, did that not they, level? They suspended it okay. because they got so much resistance yeah. from the market and that mortgage I think bankers. I had seen a realtor yeah. had, had done a post and, and the headline thing was, well, there goes all those years of building good credit. And right. I, I didn't read yeah. deeper I mean, into it. It makes no, absolutely no sense whatsoever. But huh. it does. Because people are having problems. When you start considering where it came from, it makes all the sense in the world. Okay, we won't DC. go there now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So anyhow, I was really happy about that because I was really concerned that we felt oh, yeah. like we were just starting to get a little feeling of normalcy again. Mm -hmm, and we we're mm -hmm. starting to hear some backup contracts and the rates were sort of at least being more balanced and acceptable by mm -hmm. the uh, home buyers. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm glad that got uh, diverted. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, and we'll see where that comes Any up. Any news on the foreclosure front? Uh, no, postings are staying about the same. I mean, they're not rapidly rising. Mm -hmm. I, I still believe we're going to see that. Mm -hmm. uh, projections of some of the major foreclosure firms are mm -hmm. going to be probably third and fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. Because you've also now got fully uh, positioned in what your taxes are going to be mm -hmm. for the payment in October. Speaking and I think some people taxes. are going to have a very difficult time. And, you know, yeah. if you're not protesting, you're just not awake right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's insanity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for that. We're, I can't we're protesting. Thank you for you're, your you're referral. Yeah, yeah. Uni. Good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so anyhow, that's, that's all good. Uh, we're, we've got our target on two title companies in Houston that we're trying yeah. to, I just keep, you know, you roll I, them in. Yeah, I've, ro I've, I've run it two. We didn't make those. We got two more on the target line. So we'll see if we get that opportunity okay. done. We're mainly kind of like all alert on just transactional flow. We've got some odd kind of transactional flow, which everybody's experiencing, which has to do with fraud. Mm. Oh, really? And the seller fraud is out there in a pretty big way right now. It's primarily in lots. So, you know, if you get, a, if you get lots, uh, number one, if they, if they ask you to list, mm -hmm. Uh, you got to do a little bit more forensics to make sure they really own it because they're not, they're engaging, like they might engage Ayla and then 
she thinks she's got a good listing and then here comes the buyer's agent with their client and consummate a deal and close the deal and all to find out that the seller is not really the seller and they've done a fraudulent transaction. I don't so understand money, how that can happen. Uh, it, because they use, they forge very effectively the driver's license mm -hmm. and then they never come to the title company to close. First key red flag is they always want a notary close because they want to, that's how they perpetrate the fraud right. by not coming and, in. And by, being a land deal, I can see where they could yeah, be easier to got, slide that in got, the and home. They, and they're identifying them because it's not the same address of the owner. So it's, so that's our newest, it's our newest thing that we're all kind of being more red, you know, more alert when you get a, a lot deal and not a land deal, but a lot deal yeah. on that side. So, and then just Crazy. Wire, wire fraud is just still keeping carry busy. Huh? Yes. Pretty <laughs> rampant there. So we're, we're doing all that. So, but anyhow, that's just another day in the life of the title company. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> so, I get that. That's why we need you. That's right. Exactly. That's right. Oh so, man, that's true. Anyhow, all good. Uh, Ayla's here with us today. She's mm -hmm. a avid horsewoman and reigning horse breeder. And she came to us to Texas out of Colorado, Castle yes. Rock. Uh, she's been in the business selling real estate since 2015, correct? and uh, really has uniquely positioned herself in the marketplace with large-scale uh, ranch facilities, land investments, and then premier equine uh, properties as well. Uh, and I'm sure she's got a bunch of horses out there. <laughs> too many. Yeah. No, uh, never too many. Yeah. <laughs> horses, horses are alive Your and well. Your kids, you called them early. Yes. Yeah, one, of the, one of the things I, you know, I always watch reels on Facebook, you uh -huh. know, and, and one of the things I love to watch is the, guy, the guys that are kind of what I call the horse whispers because they get, but they're, what they're doing is they're chiropractors mm -hmm. side. And I love to watch them work on a horse. It's the most interesting thing in the world. And they know predictively exactly how to help them and wow. then how to watch when they're feeling the relief, they shake their heads a lot and stuff. Yeah. So yeah. anyhow, I love horses. My cousin. Okay. I saw a reel last night that I thought was hilarious. And it was a guy talking about how he knows when his dog's happy because his dog wags his tail. But how do you know when a horse is happy? They, I mean, they'll tell you it's all in body language, you know, how they look at you. And I, my, all my horses have huge personalities. Um, one of my mares, she will tell you when she's unhappy, you will know she's firecracker. So they do have personalities. Oh my gosh. Oh, crazy so. personalities. As, yes. As and one would say big personality. Yes. Yeah, right. I have right. one that knows she's beautiful and an absolute diva. And I have one who's like makes up for it and is the sweetheart. And then I have one who's like just a disaster. Yeah. yeah. They're so fun. They're, they're funny. So anyhow, uh, all that being said, that's for her focus she sells houses as well yeah. i mean it's not just only that mm -hmm. but but that certainly is her uh niche as i would say yeah so uh ayla give us i gave you a little update on my side give us an update kind of the, the market as a whole yeah. what, what are you seeing yeah. in in your space absolutely well similarly to what you have noticed obviously in the title side because you're our support you know you see the transactions that come to you but when we are looking as agents on the side of working with sellers and working with buyers of course we are in a different market than we were in 2020 and 2021 and even into 2022 that market was indicative of a very, very, very strong seller's market. We are no longer in that market space. Uh, real estate is cyclical. And for those of us who have been in the industry for a while, um, we're very aware of when that pendulum starts to swing. And that's what's happened here. 
So now we are far more into a buyer's market. We are far more into buyers having negotiation strategies. They are able to see more inventory. They have time to look at homes. It's not the same strong, crazy seller's market that it was where a home would come on the market within 24 hours, have 30 offers, 100 over list, mm-hmm. you know, no appraisal. Mm-hmm. It's changed. And so our advice and how we counsel clients, how we speak to our buyers, how we speak to our sellers has obviously changed as well. Um, when your landscape starts to alter as a good agent, you have to be there to help either a seller or a buyer achieve their goal in real estate uh, the best way that you can um, and counsel them appropriately along the way. So that's the biggest change is we are now in that buyer's world. Now getting in a little bit more specific and let's go to farm and ranch as as an example. So was was that a seller's market as well at points in time or how does that differ than if I just have a lot in block? house down the street. Absolutely. And that's a great point to make. So if you were, you know, a specialist in regular residential real estate in the last few years, obviously that seller's market is stronger than it was in lots of large equine facilities or large properties. And the reason for that, I think there's two key pieces. First and foremost, it's a small niche market that's looking for that type of property. A buyer who is looking for 60 acres with a full training facility is going to be a lot different than you know a family looking for a four or $500,000 home. So that changed how sellers approached in our market when it was that hot sellers market. We still saw a lot of buyer interest at that time, but it was definitely a smaller pool. Um, also price point. Price point changes the story always, and that's true even in this market. So luxury market is going to be different than you know a market in the more residential side even now. Um, and we don't see as much volatility in that higher end price point as we do in some of the smaller price points, simply because a lot of those buyers are cash. They have a lot more um, financial ability to play the game at a higher level. So they don't see the big interest rate swings that some of our um, buyers who are looking in a different price point might. So I think in Farm and Ranch, we have stayed relatively level, um, but I have noticed we have you know, still a strong demand, but our inventory is definitely staying on market longer. So we're still seeing that swing, just not mm-hmm. as strong. And are you longer. seeing a lower inventory in Farm and Ranch as yes. you see in everything else? Yes, okay. es- especially for clients who are looking for very specific properties. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, If you're looking for a small barn and a nice home, you're gonna be able to find that a lot easier than if you're looking for a very specific amount of stalls, a specific type of um, you know, training facility, or maybe you need something that's set up for reproduction, or maybe you need something that's set up for uh, one or two or multiple trainers. So it's definitely um, more difficult to find those than it is in uh, the residential. And if you have those kind of properties that are fairly, as I would say, more complex in their structure of that side, that those people that are selling, what what's their common motivation for selling? Because they've obviously invested in Good question. their ho- horse and whether that's production, as you said, or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden they've decided to sell. What, what do you find to be their next journey? Sure. Is it, you, to, is it to another ranch or is it, okay. It's all over the board. Um, I My most experience with sellers is they're either looking to move into a more remote area because where I live in Aubrey, I'm in a growth corridor. 
a lot of these farms and ranches that have been in families for years and years, mm -hmm. we're starting to see change, right? We're starting to see um, more commercial opportunities with the tollway extension in Salina. These large properties are being filled in with retail, with mixed use, with new home developments. And so a lot of these people are wanting to sell their farm and ranch for a very high price and restart somewhere else that's more remote. I'm also seeing a lot of people that they have decided they maybe want to downsize. That could be an age thing or it could just be indicative mm -hmm. of the horse market in general. So, you know, it's a lot of work to manage and handle a large scale mm -hmm. ranch. So for a lot of my clients who are perhaps getting older or they're not as involved as they used to be in their particular discipline, their interest is to sell into something smaller and that's more manageable. And it's giving opportunities for new buyers, for investors, for international clients, or for people who are on the younger side looking to expand their business as well okay mm -hmm. so taking advantage of what might be the corridor for commercial coming alongside them which obviously becomes congestion to them right but they also can take the advantage of probably a higher price point yes. because they need they want that land for commercial development and then let's say let's go find something where mm -hmm. we can hear the birds mm -hmm. chirp again and see yes. the stars at mm -hmm. night. yes yeah. makes sense absolutely mm -hmm. yeah cool so what are some of your formulas for a person who's selling right now uh, and maybe not formula but maybe just some advice for people who may have their house for sale in this different market sure what are you seeing so uh, to me my advice differs 100 percent based on transaction so yeah, yeah. if if it is a farm and ranch situation obviously it would be different advice than if it was a residential mm -hmm. but for the sake of an example i'll use what i think a lot of agents and the majority of sellers are going through which is going to be of a more residential transaction yeah um a seller in this market has to understand that they are going to receive what i still believe is a fair market price for their home mm -hmm. however couple of things have changed. If they're expecting to have, you know, multiple offers for 30, 40, 50,000 over list, it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. If they are expecting to have a buyer um, wave appraisal, it's most likely not going to happen. If they're expecting that they won't have to do a single repair, it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. In this market, we are looking at buyers who now have some negotiation power. Okay. And so when I speak to a seller, I tell them, listen, a strong and appropriate offer is absolutely achievable. But the difference here is, is you're not going to be able to ask for everything in the kitchen sink and get it. Yeah. There's going to be a situation where you probably are going to have to do some repairs or you probably are going to have to offer a rate buy down perhaps or a concession or something else to create a winning formula to make that transaction work. Mm -hmm. And if you have a reasonable seller, and especially if you have an educated seller, that conversation is typically very easy. I think where a lot of agents get into trouble is sellers always want to sell at the very top and they want to buy at the very bottom. And it's hard <laughs> to counsel someone who has it in their mind that it's still that same old market. Yeah. So I think it's all about education and it's all about as an agent being able to effectively communicate to your mm -hmm. client that they are in a different space. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a great sale in a short amount of time is still achievable, but it's just different than it was. What, what would you say to a seller who has a realtor who's coming in and after 10 days says, we're going to lower the price, we're not getting any hits on this. When you feel like that you've got a fair price, that it's what you need, it's what you want to get, how long should you sit on a price? And do sometimes realtors get a little anxious to sell and move it? Yeah, let's talk about that for just a second. That's, That's a, a real problem. It's a great question. Mm -hmm. I think if you are dealing with an agent who is 
you know, focused on the end goal, right, which is the closing and the commission, mm -hmm. that can create that conversation too early. Mm -hmm. As agents, we have a fiduciary duty to put our client first at all times. And that means that their interest comes before yours. Yeah. And if you're working with a good and intelligent agent, that agent needs to recognize when a price reduction is appropriate versus when it's too early and there's other things that we can try. Mm -hmm. For myself personally, if I know that I have run the comps, if I know that I have a very good heartbeat on that market, mm -hmm. if I know that that property is priced fairly and there's nothing else my seller can do, right? Maybe, you know, if it was a situation with a paint color that was too distracting or some landscaping that needed work, if I know my seller's taking care of all of those things and we've come to market correctly, my price reduction conversation is going to come long after I have done everything else I can to market and promote that property effectively. Um, my network of contacts with buyers and buyers agents, and I think 10 days is way too early for a price reduction, and that's in my professional opinion. But again, we are at the mercy of our seller. So if right, I have right. a seller who tells me, no, 10 days on the market, if I don't get this price, we're lowering it, then I, of course, will move forward with them. I might give my advice and my mm -hmm. opinion and my counsel, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, I am directed by my client. Okay, let's let's jump over to marketing then, since we're, we're kind of on that sure. road here. And I, I do believe that marketing matters. And, and sometimes I have uh, had my own personal experiences of selling my own home where, you know, it was just the luck of the draw that I got an offer as soon as I did. And then I've had times where I've sold a home and I'm wondering why the agent isn't doing enough, what you know, they, they seem to sell and then, I mean, sign in my uh, listing and then disappear and I don't hear from them again. So I think marketing matters hugely in this yes. market as to uh, getting your listing in front of more people. So talk to me about how you're approaching that with your houses. Sure. I loved what you said about the power of potent and viral marketing. I yes, love that. Yes, yes. So you're 100% right. We live in a complete instant gratification society. Totally. We have been programmed that at any time of day or night, any average person can pick up their phone and research and see anything they want to see at all times. Mm -hmm. So when we are marketing properties, especially in my sector, which is going to be farm and ranch, who, mm -hmm. which is typically a very specific buyer, it's so important that what I am creating has a mass exposure to as many possible clients as possible. Mm -hmm. So when I look at marketing a property, whether it is a smaller residential or it is a large farm and ranch, I have similar formulas for how I sell. And of course, a piece of that is great photos. And if you're an agent who's not doing great photos, please. Like, Shame I, on you. Yes, and I see it all the time. Yeah. You know, the MLS photo with the guy who's you know got his iPhone. I'm like, no. Yeah. So that's a big piece of it is, is presenting yourself and your brand in a professional way and showcasing that house through photos, through video, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But something that I do that's really unique um, and it works obviously on my large farm and ranch scale properties is I market through video because mm -hmm. we connect so highly on a mm -hmm. video level, but I do not do it the way an average agent does it or a typical agent mm -hmm. does it. And we've all seen those, right? You yeah. get the voice on there that's like this three bed, two bathroom ranch house. And it's like <laughs> over your head immediately. Yeah, yeah. I create storylines. Okay. I create a story. So when you see my video, if you're a buyer or not, you're gonna watch it and you're gonna share it mm -hmm. because it, it hits something in you. And horses are really magic for that. Mm -hmm. um, I have a great example. I had a property up in Whitesboro beautiful custom home, beautiful barn, 
incredible properties, about 40 acres, stunning lake and everything. Um, I have a few friends of mine who they're big in the Arabian horses and she has beautiful Frisians and I called her up. I said, you want to be a model for me? I need a video model to create the storyline. And we created this story and it was a day in her life essentially, right? So this video went through the home, went into the barn, showcased the property beautifully, created a story that emotionally connected a buyer. Mm -hmm. I had almost 100,000 views within three days. I saw it. It's stunning. Thank you. Yeah. I sold the property. And the girl was beautiful too. Oh, Morgan's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Yes. I sold the property within 10, all cash, full price. And those buyers, you know, they connected with the property. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to marketing, no matter if you are doing a small residential home or you're scaling all the way up into something specific, mm -hmm. you have to be willing to go that extra mile to showcase right. why this property is special. So you put the idea for the storyboard together with yes. your model. And then did you hire a videographer? Yes. To yes. To come in professionally? shoot it because it looks like it was yes. done very and then you loop a little music in as well yes so it's, it's really beautiful yeah. Thank it's you. very professional Thank and, you. and you know I can't think that that would cost that much money and and of course I realize that agents have to do according to what their marketing budget is for right. a home for a listing and if you're selling a luxury property then you should definitely have uh, a little bit more a, beautiful marketing pieces and right. videos that you're investing in. I mean, I think it should be a must, but you just don't see that so much of the time. You, you're right. You don't. And and the thing is, is it, it isn't that expensive, right? Mm -hmm. If if you're Not looking, no, because everything has gone to video. Everything mm -hmm. has gone to, you know, phones. And, and even if you can't afford to hire a large videography team mm -hmm. as an agent, you have a phone, you yeah. have the power of video. So you have to learn how to use that to reach out to any potential buyer. Mm -hmm. And it's so much bigger than the state of Texas. Mm -hmm. If all you're doing is posting it on the MLS and hoping mm -hmm. that a buyer and agent sees it, mm -hmm. you're not doing enough. Or posting it on your Facebook page right. and your Instagram page. So how are you marketing that video? Sure, so I do a lot of different things. Um, I'm partnered with Farm and Ranch Publications. Mm -hmm. So they have an Instagram and Facebook and they will feature my videos when I have listings. Horseproperty.net is another one. Um, my own social media, whether that's Instagram or YouTube or Facebook. Um, and I also use ad dollars as well. So mm -hmm. I have an ad spend that yeah. I set for each listing. Very of, important. Yes. This is how much I'm willing to spend monthly on each of these properties. Mm -hmm. And again, it's indicative of what type of listing I have. And it's part of your marketing budget. Absolutely. I mean, I think you have to have that conversation Yes. when you're selling your home, when you're listing your home with the agent to say, yes. you know, what is the budget going to be? I think you have to ask bluntly those questions to your agent. And a lot of sellers do not know to do that. Right. They, they don't understand the whole marketing process. So I think for an agent to be able to disclose, here is my marketing plan, but also to say, this is my marketing budget. Yes. I plan to spend this money on ad revenue in on YouTube, and I'm going to be running Facebook and Instagram ads, or I'm going to be using the this magazine or that magazine. Yes. I think that, and Mark is always preaching this to inform, inform, inform. Yes. Um, I think that sometimes sellers get caught like a deer in the headlights where they just, their house is for sale. They come home after it's been staged and they're in shock of what's happening to their life. You know, that my house doesn't look the same. It doesn't feel the same. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, are they, are we asking the right price? And this is where the realtor comes in. Uh, I think it is so important to communicate and have that relationship with, with the person who's helping you sell your home. I completely agree. And that is a conversation that sellers need to not be afraid to have. Um, picking a right agent, whether you're a buyer or a seller, 
is huge. Totally. Especially in this market. Mm -hmm. If you, you, in every industry, and I, and I say this because it's true, some, you know, we have stereotypes in real estate and they exist for a reason. <laughs> there are great agents who are educated, who are dedicated, who are top producers, who know this market and who are guides and who can help you and who are going to be there for you throughout the process, mm -hmm. just as there are agents who are not, mm -hmm. just as there are agents who maybe do this part-time, just as there are agents who can't help you or can't counsel you. So asking questions, whether you're a seller or a buyer, is so important in this market especially. I think so too. I mean, I think that the uh, the process of finding that person that has the chemistry is yes. sometimes can be kind of like finding a needle in a haystack though, because salespeople can have a chemistry, right? They can come across and they can have a charisma, but then they get back after they've signed the dotted line and they are worthless. Mm -hmm. I'm, I mean, I've experienced that and I hate to say that, but, and it's not just realtors. It's, it's anyone that's in a sales function because that is the stereotype. That is the nature of the beast sometimes. So, right. you know, uh, Mark, how do you find the right agent? Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's a really good question. Well, how, how do you find the right agent? I'm going to look for proven producers. Mm. So that's just pretty go. simple. It was interesting, just as simple as what we were having a conversation about my AC side. So I'm talking to the guy mm -hmm, on the front mm -hmm. porch. He's saying, you know, I've been thinking about selling my house. I said, okay, well, what are your considerations? We talked for a few minutes. I said, do you have an agent that you know? Classic. Well, my wife's friend. Right. <laughs> I'm, I looked oh, at him, no. I said, dude, that just cost you about 50 grand off <laughs> yeah. the sale of your home. Because yeah. I said, what do you know about her production wise? I don't know anything. How many houses does she sell a year? I don't know. Mm -hmm. What brand is she with? I'm not sure. Right. It's like, you know, you got to mm -hmm. pick people that, as you pointed out in some of the notes that we took together, that are doing this as a career. Yes. They didn't just get in in the last 24 months. I didn't right. even say it's the last 36 months. Mm -hmm. You got to know what you're doing in this space. You got to know how to put a plan together like you do in marketing, et cetera. So, mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. we're going to, I'm going to ask more forensic than what the normal consumer is going to think to mm -hmm. ask. They just, oh, you sell real estate? Well, mm -hmm. you must sell real estate. Well, we're always you know? saying that, that <laughs> knowledge is power to the agent, to yes. the closer, to everyone in a transaction but really knowledge is power to the person who's selling and the person who's buying to the consumer to the girl like me right. knowledge is my power right. and that's a, a great point to be forensic about who you're choosing uh, as a realtor investigate them check out their facebook pages their instagram pages you know i think that's really important to well the other side know. is there was to gravitate toward how much is this going to cost me yeah it's not about how it's going to cost you it's mm -hmm. about how much value you're going to get for your home right that's yeah. to me that's insignificant to that side so if you want to go to limited services that's exactly what you're going to get yeah. good luck on negotiating the contract right mm -hmm. understanding what the values are come back on an addendum after inspections mm -hmm. i mean go down the list they have no totally. clue you're going to get smoked yep <laughs> and you may be, find yourself bound in the contract where you can't get out. Where you can't get out, and yeah. now you didn't realize the full value. You wish you had played yeah. the commission uh, to start with, because sure. that's how you earn your that's how you earn your living. Yeah, I mean, and you do it well. So, anyhow, well, some great information. I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, it goes by like this. I know. So we're already out of time. Yeah. So I just want to say this: that uh, if you need a farm and ranch expert. <laughs> 
This is the gal, and we will have her contact information on the website there so that you can contact her if you have any questions. But we always do a uh, three takeaways at the end of the show. Sure. Things that you want to just leave with the audience after we've talked around all these things. I'm going to let Mark go first so that you've got a time to think about <laughs> Thank you. Uh, well, the first one is kind of, I, I just, when I was listening to Ayla talk about her marketing strategies, just like think outside the box. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah. you know. I as, loved as the I, video. God, yeah. I loved that. It was so Man. perfect. It was so great for that property. In concept, all you got to do is go look at Facebook page. Yeah. And watch, you know, how many people post the same thing mm -hmm. on where to go this weekend to the lake mm -hmm. or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. It's so mundane. It's mm -hmm. so uninviting and it has no impact mm -hmm. to your marketing strategy. So get outside the box, step back, look at, see what everyone else is doing. Mm -hmm. Mike Brody used to use a term called marketing the difference. Mm, I like that. And, uh, and so you step back, look and say, what's everyone else doing? And what yeah. can I do that's more unique to that? And you've, you found that in your storytelling Thank you. to that side. So I, I applaud that. Uh, work with people that are specialists yes. and Ayla specializes she can sell you a house I'm sure she can do it effectively but if you want to get into if you're in that space mm -hmm. a farm and ranch then she's your girl because she <laughs> understands that space all the way through I'm sure from not only just the property itself but if somebody's moving in from out of state and buying that property do they have a relationship with the vet do they have yes. uh, people that can work the property for them etc cetera, etc cetera. it's mm -hmm. a full kind of a concierge of things that you mm -hmm. can help them when they buy that property. And then as find people that are making this their career yeah. and have tenure and have production and drill into those things because those are the people that know how to get deals done. A and B, most likely, those are the same people that are gonna have relationships in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. yes. Whether it's your listing or in a buyer who knows you is bringing it because it's saying, hey, I like working with her or whether it's the other side and you got a buyer and you see a listing and you say, I, I know I can work with those people. Because mm -hmm. at the end, the two parties have to be able to negotiate. And I think that having that experience really makes a difference and reputation, which I think Ayla does, uh, out there in the marketplace that people are gonna be receptive to your offer perhaps mm -hmm. versus someone else who they don't know. Mm -hmm. So those are three of my thoughts. Mm, that's good, that's rich. Yeah, great takeaways. Good. I think for me, <clears throat> when it comes to clientele. So when it comes to buyers and sellers, my biggest takeaway is do your research as a seller or a buyer, and not only in the market, right, but do your research into an agent in your area. Mm -hmm. You want to see that specialist, as Mark said. You want to ask the questions that maybe you're afraid to ask or don't even know to ask. Don't be afraid to be the person who's looking and searching for information. Um, so for buyers and sellers, you know, do your homework and hire someone who you gel with from a personal perspective, but also is a top producer. And those are those are a little more difficult to find, but it's going to be so worth it in the end. My second takeaway is to agents, which is do the very best work that you can mm -hmm. day in and day out absolutely because if you are making this a career whether you've been in it for six months or 60 years right mm -hmm. this at the end of the day is a representation of you you are an extension of your own brand mm -hmm. so if you're an agent who is not doing every single thing every single day to show up as the highest version of your professional self not only for your own brand but what you put out into the marketplace then you need to do better. That's my second takeaway for sure. And we see it every day when we're dealing with agents on the other side of a transaction mm -hmm. who maybe don't present themselves that way. So that would be my, my challenge, right? Do better, do your very best. And then the third thing that I would say is 
you know, for either an agent or a consumer, you have to understand that real estate is cyclical. We have changes that come around all the time. We see the pendulum swing from one side to the other. And if you're a consumer, education over panic all the time because you don't want to see that splashy headline about interest rates and that be the end of the world, mm -hmm. right? Same with mm -hmm. agents. Learn how to properly and effectively counsel your clients through changes. Mm -hmm. That's a huge piece of this game that is not gonna be taught to you when you're getting your real estate license and it's not gonna be taught to you if you're sitting on the sidelines. So take it by the horns, make sure you're educating your clients and help them through a change and a transition. That's what I've always said, be a real estate consultant. There you go, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, yeah true. that's what people will embrace. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I'm gonna to have to say ditto to uh, what you were speaking to the agents. I think that, uh, agents need to be on their game yes. for every listing and you need to represent yourself properly on every channel that you can be found on so if i'm going to go do a search on you on instagram facebook linkedin on your website on youtube if you're in this business, I'm sorry, you have to be represented properly on those channels because that is what people are looking at. That's what they're looking for and how they're investigating you. That's what they're going to make a decision based on in addition to, like what Ayla said, the chemistry that they might feel with you. But also they're going to look at what you're doing and how you're representing yourself. So I think that's really, really important. And then secondly, to the marketing, I think it's so important to have that marketing plan. I cannot tell you as a marketer, marketing agency that most of my career, the bulk of my clients have been realtors. And I cannot tell you how many of them don't have a clue mm. as to how or what they're going to do to market a property. Oh, we're going to put it in MLS. We're going to go tell them about it at our MLS BS breakfast that we're going to do. <laughs> Nobody's going to go over to the house and look at it, but you know, and you're going to depend on your sphere to sell that house. That doesn't work anymore. Right. Your sphere ain't enough. So you've got to put ad dollars on Facebook. You've got to put ad dollars on YouTube videos. You've got to put ad dollars on Instagram. And don't freak out. Doesn't mean that you're going to have to spend all your commissions, but be smart about how you're planning your marketing budget and allocate those dollars. Be a good business person and allocate those dollars. And then thirdly, for everybody, communicate. Talk to each other. Make sure that you are asking the realtor the right questions. Make sure the realtor is giving the right information and giving a uh, providing an atmosphere of settledness to their seller, to their buyer. Be uh, out there. You know, don't dis don't only just disclose, but disclose thoroughly with what you're doing with your clients. Mm -hmm. So um, it's all good and it's all wonderful. But there's so much today. Yeah. And I think this is the overwhelming thing that we all feel. There is so much. I can't just log into my Facebook anymore. I have to log in with two-step authentication. <laughs> and I've got to remember what that is. And I've got to have my device handy in order to do that. It's crazy, okay? But if you get your tools in line and you get used to using them and you have strategies set up and your tools set up with them, it all becomes easier and it becomes doable. So... And you know your plan. And you know your plan. Yeah. Exactly. Powers thank you, guys. Planning. Yes, thank, thank you. you. Thank, yeah, you, thank you for having me. So yes, yeah, you're thank awesome. You. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Much. We will see you for episode 41 in the month of June. Ciao. Have a happy summer. Bye. Ciao.
Thank you.